Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. For some chin music. Hey, Aunt, how about a warning? Sure. Watch out you don't get killed. <laughs> because sometimes in baseball, you've got to send a strong message, especially when someone has it coming. Each Saturday, David and Bruce come in high and tight with a response to something that deserves one, like this. Think about baseball. Somebody gets three hits every time. Every 10 times up, he's failed 70% of the time. Sports is a business of failure. Only one team is going to win every year. But the fact that you, that you finish second or third or fourth, it doesn't mean you had a bad year. And I think, the, I think the important thing to fans is while they want you to win championships, they want to know that when you get down to the last month of the season, you still have a shot. You're still playing me meaningful games. If you, if you can do that consistently, you'll make, you'll make your fans happy. Oh, boy. Welcome back inside the clubhouse. Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 to score. David Hall, Bruce Levine to 11. Jerry Reinsdorf at the Milken Institute out in L.A. on Monday on a panel about sports and business. This is chin music, and I think this warrants some. Jerry Reinsdorf basically saying what he's been accused of saying in the past, but really saying it out loud out of his voice and amplifying it at this sports forum, Bruce I don't think that was a good moment for Jerry Reinsdorf. I don't think that's what he intended to do uh, during that that forum. I don't think he wanted to sound tone deaf, and yet it did to me. So by him saying at the end that they want to know that they have a chance in uh, the late part of the year to be going to the playoffs, that's not satisfactory? I don't think the whole thing in its totality, that's one clip from a larger portion, but I do think that overall right. the whole thing was unsatisfactory. That could not have been what he wanted to say on that platform, in that forum, because other things that he said included the fact that he lets his baseball people make their own decisions, which I think was probably a bigger contradiction uh, than than what we have seen. But not, not a great moment for Jerry Reinsdorf. I wonder that's if he anticipated – any of that when he when he agreed to appear because it could not have been what he wanted to get out of the, the experience. So you don't think that Kenny Williams and uh, Rick Hahn have autonomy to build those clubs is what you're saying. You think that Jerry? I, I'm saying that, but primarily Jerry pretty much runs that. I'm saying that primarily they do, but when you have the most significant moment in your franchise over the last oh two and a half years or so. 
defined by the meddling of Jerry Reinsdorf, you can't sit there at a forum and claim that you stay out of baseball business because when you hired Tony La Russa and hijacked that process, that's contrary to everything you said in that, in that forum on, on Monday in L.A. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I, think, that's, I think that's a fair an, uh, analytical look at it for you. Um, you know, looking back, you know, revisionist history is always great. They did win the division that year, didn't they, when they, they hired him? So uh, it wasn't on him. And as we continue on and look at the White Sox right now, David, uh, that hiring itself and that him leaving and the new manager coming on, uh, what we've seen is that that, that really uh, hasn't changed anything, okay, out there. Uh, the, the White Sox performance this year shows that there's still some things missing here. And it's not just Tim Anderson being on the field all the time. It's, uh, it's, there, there's, there's some leadership missing uh, in the, the, that clubhouse there. There's something missing about the Chicago White Sox uh, that has been permeating since probably July of 2021. When uh, Since July of 21, David, the Chicago Cubs have been uh, a less than 500 team. They've never been uh, over 500. They, they were three or four games over last year a few times. But the reality is since that time, they're a below 500 team, even though they won the division that year. So let's look at the players. Let's look at that situation there as probably the real reason why the White Sox are where they're at. I, I know it's off subject. We're talking about Jerry Reinsdorf here. Uh, I know we have some other sound from uh, other opinions about Jerry as well. Um, I'm not here to defend Jerry Reinsdorf. I'm just here to kind of analyze with you what's in front of us. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad you're not because I, I don't think that I, I want to relitigate the last two seasons of underachievement on the South Side because I do believe that what happened in the previous two years of, of falling short of your goals contributes to where they are right now and why they're there. But we talked to David Sampson on Friday morning on the Mullion Haw Show because David Sampson was, if you remember, the former uh, Marlins executive and president that Son claimed – yeah, that was yeah. He was married into uh, the ownership group and certainly was involved with the team for over 15 years. And now is part of the podcast, nothing personal. And he was, um, I, I guess, in the news several years ago for saying that Jerry Reinsdorf told him once that you know what you got to do is finish second and kind of tease your fan base into thinking that winning is possible, but you don't necessarily have to win. So we brought David Sampson back on the show. He's a regular on our program, and we enjoy him because he's a very candid guest. On a Friday morning, this is what he had to say in, uh, in reference to what Jerry was saying Monday in Los Angeles. I don't know if you remember, not only did people go after me, but Jerry went after me. Yes. He, he released like a statement saying that, that, he has, that I have no idea what I'm talking about, and he, I made it up. Or, it doesn't matter. I love Jerry, and, and, I, and he doesn't love me anymore. He won't even respond to my texts anymore, and uh, I'm sorry for that. But at the end of the day, all I did was tell you the truth, which is what I do on Nothing Personal every day. He did say it to me, and that's it. And the fact that he just said it again to me indicates that it is something that's a part of his fabric, and it doesn't make him wrong. I'm not saying that I disagree, which I do, but it doesn't make him wrong for thinking that way. But he does think that way. David Sampson on Friday's Mullion Haw Show. 
and in reference to Jerry's comments and what he had to say. I also thought it was funny when David Sampson uh, said that he was still mad at Jerry Reinsler for giving Joe Borchard a $5 million bonus back in 2000. Remember that, Bruce, the first-round right. draft pick from Stanford that never panned out, but he had a lot of funny things to say. Yeah, look, it's it's interesting. I, I think that uh, Jerry's opinion of um, – you know, being there for the team, being there for the fans at the end of the year is, to me, is saying, like, we want to have a good team every year, okay? For for you and other people listening, it's like saying, well, we, we want to have a good team, but we, we don't want to have uh, the best team out there, okay? We, we just want to have a, a good team that possibly will make it. So I'm not sure, I'm not sure what I'm hearing other than the fact that uh, – the White Sox have had competitive teams throughout Jerry Reinsdorf's time. Have they won enough times? No. The, the White Sox I, I, have not won enough times. That's okay? true. I, I think, Bruce, what I'm object, objecting is what I'm saying is that if you're a sports fan, whether it's the White Sox or the Bears or whoever, the, whoever you are in whatever city, I think that you typically want to hear – the person who is your owner or the chairman of the team, uh, as, as Jerry Reinsdorf is, as Tom Ricketts is, I think that you want to hear them talk about a championship or bust mentality. I think you want to hear them talk about all that, all that I care about is winning. All that I want is a championship. I don't know that you want to hear them parse the language and talk, give a, a talk about how complicated sports are because you're trying to make money, but you also want to chase a passion and, and all the things that we heard from Jerry Reinsdorf. I think you want to hear as much passion for winning as you feel as a fan. And when you don't, you're going to object to that. And I think that's as much as anything, what, what rankles some Sox fans. And I certainly don't want to speak for the fan base. We can speak for themselves. Three, one, two, six, 44, 67, 67. But I think when you hear the qualified kind of pursuit, like, okay, finishing second is okay, contending is, is, is just fine, I don't think you want to hear that from your boss. I, I think, you know, the honesty level of Jerry Reinsdorf is there, okay? I don't, I don't think there's, a, uh, there's anything that he would say. And he doesn't talk very much, as we know. He doesn't talk to the, the media here. He hasn't for years. Uh, just didn't, didn't suit him or what uh, his people feel uh, represents what he wants to put out there. But <clears throat> when he does talk and when he does say things, I think it's, it's usually quite straight. As to whether people like it or not uh, and interpret it a different way, you're not, you're not going to get any more feedback from him. So that's the way it is. I, do tell you, I will tell you this. I've known Jerry for uh, 40 years, okay, 42 years. And... Nobody in their mind or in their opinion wants to win more than Jerry Reinsdorf. He doesn't go into seasons, except during this rebuild, expecting not to win. Okay, He went into this season telling me he expects the White Sox to win their division. Okay, so, so when, you, when you look at it that way, okay... <clears throat> And then you well, I want to look at it say, this way, well, Bruce. I want, I want to ask you a question. You brought it up, so I want to ask you this. You, sure. you have known him for 40 years. You know, him, you know him probably as well as anybody in the local media. Why doesn't he expose himself more to uh, questioning? What, because I think it's, it, it falls on deaf ears when you have executives in your organization 
that preach about accountability, but you have a chairman that, that doesn't answer questions or allow himself to be, uh, to be quizzed on the decisions that he makes or that his people make. That's, ba- that's a bad look, Bruce. It's a bad look. Yeah. Uh, Why I doesn't he do heard it? From, I haven't heard from Virginia McCaskey for a long time. You hear from George all the time. You hear from George as much as possible. I'm not uh, going to sit here. And, Tom, Tom Ricketts has always been an honest, straightforward guy. You don't hear from him as much as you used to. It doesn't really work to the benefit. You, it doesn't really work for the benefit of ownership to talk. And I think that's what Jerry and his people. I disagree. Have, uh, come to I this disagree, Bruce. That's, how that's can you fine. say that as a reporter? I mean, how, how, how can you? How no, can I'm you telling you. No, way? I'm telling you. As a reporter, I'm telling you a fact. I'm not telling you fact? what my opinion is. My, it's not my opinion. I'm telling you the fact is Jerry, and the people that he works with, his his uh, his media people, do not feel it's in the best interest of the franchise, the White Sox, the Bulls. Or uh, or them for Jerry to talk about the teams, okay? Doesn't want to do it, you know. He doesn't, uh, you know, he doesn't walk away from it. He, I don't think he's. How long has it been since he's really talked to the media at length? It's been almost long a decade, time, right? I've been here yeah. for twenty years. I can't remember mm-hmm. Jerry Reinsdorf really making but, himself that accessible to to the but media. But in, in that, general, in I mean, are, are owners really all that accessible? Heck yeah. You look around the league. Like, look around baseball. Look around. I mean, Steve Cohen talks around, around every corner practically. Right. He's got a social right, media presence. All right, one one I, new guy. You got to adapt to the times, Bruce. All I'm saying is that it's not. This isn't just a media whining about needing to hear more good sound bites. I think it's about connecting with the fan base. And when you have the disillusionment that the White Sox fan base feel right now with everything that's gone wrong since the hiring of Tony Larusa. I think you have a, an obligation and an opportunity to connect with that fan base in a way that's not getting done. That's not getting done because you have a chairman that doesn't allow himself to be asked questions and to be candid, and that to me is a lack of accountability. That's a problem. Well, the accountability is to, to him and his fan base, and you have all the right in the world to question that, and it's, it's, they're good questions. It's not going to change the way Jerry Reinsdorf does business, I will tell you that much, Okay. He is the chairman of the board of the Chicago White Sox. He has been for 40 years, 42 years. He will remain in that as long as he's capable of doing that job, okay, to uh, his and the satisfaction of the board of directors. And after that, uh, if he's no longer uh, uh, capable or around, the White Sox will be sold. That's a guarantee. That's not just Bruce Levine. Uh, telling you what I think. I'm telling you that it's in the will, it's in the paperwork of the Chicago White Sox. If Jerry is no longer able to be uh, the uh, head of the White Sox, run the team, the team will be sold. So Do you, you think can, that you the... can look forward to that if you wish. Well, no, I'm not looking forward to that. Bruce, and look, this isn't about me criticizing Jerry Reinsdorf. I think that no, he's missing an opportunity. Jerry. He's missing an opportunity to connect with the fans because, you know, he, he appears so infrequently. But, okay, we'll, we'll get off of that. I want to ask you this last question before we get to the phone calls. The chance at Guaranteed Rate Field, sell the team, the unrest and, and the people talking about where they are, and that was in the midst of a 10-game losing streak. Does that have any effect on ownership? Any? Well, he basically is ownership. 
I know. Does it have any effect on yeah. him? <clears throat> yeah, he's a human. He doesn't like hearing that. You know, he loves the Chicago White Sox. It's his passion, okay? For someone to, uh, someone to tell you that Jerry Reinsdorf doesn't love the White Sox and doesn't love baseball, they would be misinformed. His interpretation of how he handles it, how he uh, handles the franchise, how he handles his people, th- that's his. And, and it's up for debate, and it's, and it's good fodder for us. It's good fodder for fans, and they have every right in the world. Jerry Reinsdorf listens to the fans mostly. You don't listen to the fans all the time. I don't know any owner in any sport that does. 312-644-6767. Let's go out to the score listener line. Brought to you by BetQL. Bet smarter, beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. Tony in Wonder Lake. Good morning, Tony. Welcome inside the clubhouse. Good morning, gentlemen. Thank you for taking my call. You know, I'm a frequent flyer with you and Molly. And, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, I was I was done with this team because they had to make changes. They had to get rid of at least Larusa and and Lurie Garcia, and they did that. And I've been engaged this year. And what I'm seeing is, even though there's been a regime change, the team is falling into the same bad habits. I'm not saying all of them are habits. I mean, they can't stay on the field healthy, can't get a consistent lineup five days a week. Uh, there's just things going on that are reminiscent of what was happening due to the players' performance. And then a question, if I may. Last week, Grandal tried to come home with one of the best right fielders in baseball throwing home on a a hit that that Anderson had. I'm wondering, was he just paying attention to Gavin Sheets waving him in, or did he blow a stop sign by the third base coach? Because if not, then the third base coach needs to have some education and realize who's playing right field. And it's situations like that, base running errors, things fundamentally, they just don't do well. I'd like to hear your opinions, and maybe you could answer that question. Thank you, guys, and enjoy your weekend. Thanks, Tony. And you are regular to the Mullen Hall Show. We appreciate that. Bruce, are the White Sox a fundamentally sound baseball team? No. They haven't been for a while, okay? We didn't see uh, good fundamentals from them last year. Uh, as late as Monday, as late as Monday, Pedro Gafal uh, stood, sat on the bench and said, <clears throat> we need to clean some things up. We need to clean up our base running. We need to clean up hitting with runners in scoring position. We need to pay more attention on defense, okay? That was right after 11 roster moves on the same day. So the White Sox hear and see exactly what the, what the fans do. And the fans, to me are never wrong. When they see something and it doesn't smell right, it doesn't smell right, okay? The White Sox fundamentally have not been a good team. They have not been a good base running team. They have not been a good defensive team, okay? They have great defensive players in center field, okay? They have a um, good left fielder. They have a solid third baseman, Mancata, when he's out there defensively. Um, The rest is... Average to below average all the way nah. around. The rest okay. is meh, right, Bruce? It's just, it's not, Ordinary. you know, it's not a championship cal- caliber defensive team, okay? You can win without a, a ch- championship caliber defensive team if you have great pitching, great bullpen pitching, and uh, enough offense. 
So far, bring, it has not been the case with the Chicago White Sox. Let's bring in our buddy Ron is on the south side. Good morning, Ron. Welcome inside the clubhouse. <clears throat> yeah, another regular from uh, <laughs> Mully and Hoffman fan of that show and this show. So uh, re- re- real quick regarding uh, uh, Jerry Reinhardt, I don't know what you know he meant. Certainly, you know you can't always interpret what a person said, but. Uh, Bruce, you said it. You know, it appeared that he said you want the team to be competitive every year. Uh, the, the thing is, is that you you want the primary goal to win a championship, and, and I think that's what we, it, it didn't come off as he saying that he, he the, the goal when you start the season. Uh, and and again, we know every year you're not going to have a winning team. Um, Bill Vec in his book Vec is in wreck said that's why you have other things to uh, attract people to come to the game because you're not going to win um, every year and you want to be competitive. But it's just been such a long time. And as you mentioned, Bruce, uh, they, they, they haven't been to, they haven't been successful in the playoffs. So you do look at that and uh, being second and being competitive is 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 really not the goal. It's it's okay. It keeps the fan interest. But the, 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 when you, you the, the, the goal really, guys, is to win a championship. They have not done it. Rick Hahn said when they put this team together, they would be um, they're looking at uh, multiple championships. So the, the thing is, is that the, the, the goal that they have, uh, it, they, they, they just have failed at this point. So those are my comments. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Ron. Appreciate you listening during the week and certainly on Saturday mornings. Bruce, I got a question for you on the roster about the White Sox that I want to ask when we get back. And then we'll talk Cubs in the final segment. We've got a lot more to ground to cover. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast 
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Here on Inside the Clubhouse until 11 o'clock. David Hall, Bruce Levine, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. We're back with more Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and David Hall. He wasn't the manager then, but he was like, right. like the bench coach. But like, I, said, I, say, we, I, was, I was over with the guys spring training the whole time, and I got, like, I knew my role then. It's going to be pretty much the same thing nowadays. It's like come in late and then run, run, play defense, and whatever they need me to do. So I'm already, like, kind of, like, just already know what the plan is. So, like I said, I mean, he ain't got to really say too much. Like I said, he's one of those guys that I, I like being around. He's, he's a winner, so I was just looking forward to that. Welcome back inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, David Hall, Bruce Levine. Until 11 o'clock. That was the voice, the welcome voice of Billy Hamilton on the White Sox. Talking about Pedro Grafol, talking about his role in this team. Bruce, Billy Hamilton is one of those guys whose enthusiasm is infectious, whose presence is important, and we have seen how valuable he can be just in the week that he has been, not even a week, a week ago, he wasn't even on the roster. He was one of those 11 moves that were made before uh, the game on Tuesday, I believe, Bruce, why wasn't he on the roster from day one? Why was he in, in the minors? Why, why was he not on the White Sox major league? Because he can't uh, play, David. He can't play, David. <laughs> Ouch. He Ouch. can run. He can yes. run. Okay. Yeah. He can you run. He can be a, he's a great clubhouse influence. Okay. He's a terrific guy. He loosens people up. He's basically an assistant coach at this point, okay? How many base hits do you think uh, this guy has since 2019? You can't steal first. He hasn't had a ton. I know that. How many? 38. 38 in the last four years. That's not, that's not great. That's, 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 no, and, and, and again, he hasn't played a hell of a lot either because – with all due respect to a guy I, I really admire and had a great career, he cannot play. He can still run. He can still be a guy that keeps other guys loose. He's a guy that's a presence in the clubhouse. He's basically uh, a guy for Tim Anderson, you know, a, a guy for him to uh, relate to, have fun with. I, I, I'm not saying he doesn't belong on the team. I think, I think you can have a spot for him on the team. They are, but desperate times, desperate measures. That's See, what this was all about. I, I look at it, okay, football's got a 53-man roster. You got a kicker on the team. He doesn't do much else than kick. But you know what? It's an important part of that team. Billy Hamilton may not do more than steal a base, uh, wreak some havoc, play good defense, and keep everybody loose. But that's an important role. I, I don't know. That, not saying, that, I'm not saying it, it, it's not important, but it, it's not important enough on most teams that he gets a roster spot. On this team, at this point, they needed a guy to bring people together other than the manager and the coaching staff. That's normally the job of the manager and the coaching staff. 
They lost Jose Abreu. Uh, Mancada and Anderson were out for extended periods. This team was reeling. You see the difference with Anderson in the lineup. They're always going to be a better team. I think they were 2-13 and 13 when he wasn't in the lineup this year. Uh, you know, Mankata and him have to be the best players on the team on a, a consistently everyday basis. They weren't in there. So there are a lot of reasons why the White Sox lost. But leadership, as I talked about earlier in the show, in the clubhouse, uh, that's a fleeting thing for the White Sox. They uh, are still trying to establish all of that. They have good players. They have great people in there. But that doesn't necessarily constitute a good clubhouse with uh, saying, with people who are, are, are uh, pulling on the, the rope the same way. All I want to know is we uh, we talked to A.J. Perzinski on the Mullen Haw Show, and he says the number one problem the White Sox have is roster construction. We talk all the time, roster construction. When you were constructing the roster out of Arizona, whose idea was it? that Hanser Alberto was better for this roster than Billy Hamilton. That's what I want well, to know. Well, he can actually play. He can actually play and get some Come hits. Come on. Okay. Some, you you got to be able to get a hit if you're going to play. You okay. can bunt your if way you're gonna be a to coach, a 200 If you're going to be a coach, look, I'll make this prediction. <clears throat> okay. If the White Sox continue to be good, and stay on this win streak. I think Hamilton stays around for a while, but he's not necessarily here for the whole season. Okay, I think he's a very valuable guy and a guy that really helps bring people together. <clears throat> but unless it's late innings after the ninth inning and you need to score a run from second base, or uh, you you put him in as a defensive replacement, you know, down the road, um, that you know. His function on the team is mostly, this is a great guy. This is a great clubhouse guy. We need him to keep spirits up. And at this point in time, I think it's it's important that he's there. I don't know about the whole season. Okay, but I think don't he's say bas- he's a good ball player. Don't say he's a, he's a, a, a outstanding Bruce, ball player. I'm going he to disagree with you again. On the white side. He's a good ball player. He's on a major league baseball team and he's making an impact. At his age of 32, he's lasted for a while because he can play baseball. I, I think he's. I think he's, he's baseball. His Patrick impact Beverly. is personal now. His impact is personal. It's not a function of what he can do other than run. Okay. We live in an era of specialization, and when you do that, little things like being able to put a defensive replacement in the game for Gavin Sheets in the ninth inning matter. Being able to be the base runner on second base in extra innings matters because when you put Billy Hamilton on second base, I agree. you might as well get – he's going to score. Bunt him over. I agree. Get him in. I agree, but there's – but we differ on one thing. You're saying he's a really good ball player. I'm saying he's a ball player that fits on this team. He's not – you're really saying he's a trackster in a baseball he, uniform. That's what he you're can't, saying. He, he can't hit any longer, okay? Um, he he basically lost him a game the other day trying to get a bunt down and popped it up, okay, in extra innings, um, you know, with with uh, with nobody out, okay? So, uh, again, uh, he's not a perfect baseball player, but he's a wonderful influence on the Chicago White Sox, and certainly has a place there right now. 312-644-6767. Let's go back to the phone lines. Jim is in Hoffman Estates. Jim, welcome inside the clubhouse. 
Hey, good morning, guys. Um, this is really interesting, uh, Mr. Reinsdorf's comments that he made. And I think it's interesting relative to the Cubs, how, they, how they've uh, handled things, things since the World Series. So I, I want your thoughts on my theory, I guess. And this, this is going to take a moment, so bear with me. Uh, Cubs got what they wanted, what everybody wanted, championship, 2016. That's the good news. What was the bad news? The bad news was they had a great young team that they were going to have to pay very soon once they got to free agency. Okay? Now, based on the Cubs' history, ownership uh, with the Ricketts at least, there was no way they were going to pay three, four, five guys, $150 million and up to play for the Cubs. That just was not going to happen. The, the good news they got is a couple of the players didn't didn't continue to play as well as they did or improve. Baez had issues. Bryant had issues, physical issues, and performance, I think. So the Cubs, a minute, you got to put yourself in the rickets, the ownership's chair here. We got, boy, it's great. Got the World Series championship. Outstanding. But we got a problem. We got all these young players we're going to have to pay. And, boy, we're, we just don't want to do that. So I hope you, you see what I'm saying. There, Jim, I do. Th- thanks for the phone call. I think what you're suggesting is that there are times in a, in a franchise's growth <laughs> and maybe in rebuilding where you do feel like you have to maybe bottom out to start back up. And if that's what you're looking at the Cubs example as, as, as one of the most recent ones, yeah, I think that – they did, Bruce, in retrospect, what the Cubs decided to do, the lane they chose, pick, turned out to be is looking like the right one because they are rebuilding and they are replenishing and they're mixing both young players with established veterans they bought and they're, you know, they're on the way to trying to attain success and sustain it. I think it proves one thing, and it's a good point you bring up, David. You should not fall in love with your players just because they helped you win a championship. Okay. It fans, they will always love uh, the guys that won the world series in 2016. They're iconic. Uh, They will be looked at back upon as some of the great players in cub history, but you can't fall in love with them to the point. If your ownership or management that you just give them money because they want it. Okay. So, from the, the all those guys that were mentioned and traded, they were offered bigger contracts than they signed. Okay, Rizzo was offered bigger contract than he signed uh, right right up until he was traded. Okay, so it's not like the Cubs uh, didn't try to hold on to these guys, but at at a certain point, uh, you know, you have to be able to let go. That's it's, that makes you a good baseball person, makes you a good businessman, and that's yep. what the Cubs did. And, and and, you know, Mr. Rickett said, hey, no more free agents. That's it. We're growing our own products here. Trade these guys off. Get the best that you can. And uh, we'll bite the bullet for a few years and come back a better organization for having built from within our organization. Something that a lot of teams can't do. Some things that, you know, I mean, the Cubs and White Sox both had trouble doing that for decades. 
And then Tom Ricketts said something about biblical losses and never spoke to anyone again for a year and a half. But then now go. he's back, Bruce. Now he's back. And, and it's the personal. Cubs... By the way, it's personal to you, David. It's not. It I has was nothing just kidding. To, I'm it has nothing now, Bruce. To, it has nothing to do with the rest of us media. It was all about you. No, it's not. It's not all about me. I just. Okay. I was just I uh, a little bit of a you know I'm there. Ki- you know I'm kidding. I know you are. I know you yeah. are. And I know it is interesting to look at where the Cubs are in terms of this stage of their growth. And with the Cardinals coming into town with Wilson Contreras, very interesting juxtaposition of the two teams, the two catching situations. And we'll talk about that when we come. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, At the King's Theater in Brooklyn, New York on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices. With Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's Leading Ladies presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at kingstheater.com. Back for our final segment on Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. We're back with more Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and David Haw. Yeah, I mean, debuts are always really cool. Um, you know, just we've all had one. Um, you know, it's a big, big moment in time, not just for you, but for your family and a lot of people who helped you get there. So I think we used the same ball the entire inning, which was cool. I don't think there were any foul balls or anything. So that's like the entire first inning that he caught. Um, and when I couldn't get it through there, I just decided to give it to him. Welcome back inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, that was Jamison Tyone on... Miguel Amaya's debut, and Miguel Amaya is the catcher for the Cubs who made his Wrigley Field debut on Friday and his Major League debut the day earlier in Washington. His parents were there. It was cool. He had a sacrifice fly. Bruce, I think it's very interesting. The Cardinals come into Wrigley Field. Wilson Contreras returns to uh, Clark and Addison. Miguel Amaya is on the roster because of the injury to Jan Gomes. But you could have a case, as we did yesterday, Mervis at first, Maya behind the plate. Justin Steele was on the mound. This is a team for the Cubs right now. Things are meshing together nicely. You've got young prospects, homegrown guys, who are developing at the same time that you are relying on free agents that the front office bought, Swanson and Suzuki and Bellinger. You mix in a couple core guys who were homegrown talents like Nico Horner and Ian Happ, that's a good mix, Bruce. That's how you get back to the top of the NL Central. 
Yeah, I mean, some of it is temporary, David. You know, there is, uh, you know, I upset people um, the last couple of weeks by saying there is no way that, um, you know, they will be able to keep Cody Bellinger uh, as a Chicago Cub. That bothers people because he's having a really fine year. and he's That bothers been a, me, Bruce. Well, I have nothing to do with it other than commenting on it. You know, I, I, it's not it's out of my hands. I'm not his agent. I'm not the Cubs. You know, I, I'm not dictating what he does. I'm just commenting on the fact that um, if he continues to have a great year, he's going to go out there and he's going to sign with somebody for $30 million for five or seven years, right? He's going to be back to being the young, youngish player who is a all-star caliber player and can uh, be a dominant player in a team. Doesn't fit in with the plan for the Chicago Cubs right now. Can we wait okay. until he hits his 30th homer before we usher him out of town? Uh, David, you know, don't, you know, is whining a fair way to say it? I, I don't, I don't like to use that term. <clears throat> okay. We digress. Yeah. But, okay. Yeah. Bellinger is on a one-year prove-it deal. He's proven something. He seems to be on the right track. You can, you have other guys, but, but when you're talking about, when you're talking about the approach you want a mixture of free agents you buy, prospects you develop. The Cubs are loaded at the minor league level because of the purge. They replenish their farm system. When you contrast that with what the White Sox have in the minor league level, you see why one team feels very good about the future, one th- team's pretty shaky in town. Well, the, the minor there's still very young players on the Chicago White Sox, right? So you you have a you have a young shortstop, you have a young third baseman, you have a young center fielder, okay? You have a young DH. So there there's plenty of uh you have a young first baseman. There's plenty of young that have come up through the White Sox organization that are there either traded for, developed in the Sox system. So it's not over over there. Um, it's just at a different level right now for the Cubs. Pete Crow Armstrong is going to be the center fielder for the Chicago Cubs in April of 2024. Okay. And I don't think anybody's going to want to argue about it. Yeah, you'd like uh, Bellinger to stay around, but uh, where would you put another outfielder at this point? You have Suzuki and Wright for the next uh, three years after that. You have I want to see more, I want to see more from him, left. Bruce. You ask a question, that's the way I'd answer it. I know you're invested in him say Suzuki. I'd like to see a little bit more. I'd like it to be more obvious on a more regular basis why he is commanding $17 million you. a year. I'm, I'm with you. Uh, nonetheless, uh, they're, one way or another, they're going to be paying him that for the next three years after this. Okay. Can, can I ask you so, a question uh, before we get out sure. of here? Uh, before Suzuki, we'll talk about him as the season goes on. I want to know what you think about why the Cardinals are the worst team in the National League as they arrive at Wrigley Field on Monday. I cannot believe the St. Louis Cardinals have won right. only 10 games, and here we are. They're the worst team in the National League. There, there is one name, and it will say everything that anyone needs to know. It's Yadier Molina. Okay? That is the name. That is the reason the Cardinals are no longer functioning uh, on a daily basis with their starting pitching, and also that there's clubhouse problems going on there. Molina and Pujols leaving that team was a huge loss as far as how we go about the game, how we look at the game, and how we want to go and approach and win a game. And that is no longer there. 
the manager, Marmal, is being exposed right now and not having Molina behind the plate. Those those starting pitchers in the Cardinals, they don't look too good. And, and one of no. the reasons is you have the you have maybe the greatest game calling catcher in history having departed in Yadier Molina. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but what role did Wilson Contreras play, if any, in this descent? Because he is the guy that replaced the one who you just determined is irreplaceable. We're going to find out on Monday from Wilson Contreras about what he has and hasn't done for the St. Louis Cardinals. Wilson, as we know, a very honest guy, one of the uh, one of the better people in the game, great talent. But uh, right now, um, I I didn't I'd never want to be the one to uh, try to uh, put a band together to replace the Beatles. I don't think I'd want to be Contreras trying to replace Yadier Molina. That is an impossible task. And do you feel like the Cubs, seeing what's happening with Wilson Contreras and the Cardinals, and seeing how they now will have, even if it is temporary, Miguel Amaya perhaps in the lineup during that series, and Jan Gomes doing what he has done as valuable as any player in the Cubs in the first month of the season, does that kind of direction and success, and even if it's short-term success, justify or vindicate the Cubs in letting Wilson Contreras go for nothing? I would say yes at this point. Uh-huh. I, I would I would agree. You know, they never offered Wilson Contreras a contract uh, after 2018. They, at that time, they offered him a five-year deal somewhere around $40 million. Um, that was it. Uh, they had a lot of discussions, but as an organization, they decided Wilson Contreras at that point was not the catcher of the future, even though he caught uh, two more years or almost three years for the Chicago Cubs. So... <clears throat> You move on. Again, goes back to what we talked about, falling in love with your players. I loved Wilson Contreras. I loved covering him. He was a fine player in a championship team. But life moves on, and uh, sometimes you give the front offices of teams more credit for knowing what they want, giving the manager like Ross and the coaching staff uh, a little bit more credit for knowing what they want and they need for the future. And thus was the case with uh, Wilson. Bruce, it only took an hour and 53 minutes, but we agree. I agree with wow. you. It took a long time. I mean, that's all. We're, we're just getting rolling now. We have to end. <laughs> Gabe, Marrer, Gabe Ramirez is going to take over until 1245, and then Cub Baseball comes up with a pregame show with Zach, and then, of course, Pat and Ron with the, the game call at uh, 120. We've had a good time today. Uh, enjoyed it uh, a lot, David. Uh, we have people to thank. We do have people to thank. We thank to Gavin Sheets, our guest from the White Sox. We thank you to Sean Sears, who produced the show. And thank you to everyone who listened and hung in there. Hey, racing fans, the Kentucky Derby is today. The favorite, Forte, a late scratch this morning. Three to one odds. He's no longer going to be the 15 horse. He is scratched from the Derby. If you're going to the window, you want to keep that in mind. Bruce, we're looking forward to next weekend. We have a lot more to talk about. Thank you for setting up the guests and for everything you did today on Inside the Clubhouse. And uh, people can follow me on Twitter at MLB Bruce Levine on our website at 670thescore.com where I write Cubs and Sox. David, always a pleasure. Sean, thank you. Have a great week. And uh, listen to Gabe Ramirez coming up on 670thescore.com. Gabe is next, and I will talk to you Monday morning. It's Morning Hall, 530 to 10, weekday mornings here on The Score, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score.
How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.